This episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. Go to patreon.com slash Blue Shirts Breakaway today to get access to BSBOTs, Discord, and more because we've had a lot of fun on there over the summer. And it's the worst week in sports, I think, in my opinion. It's only the Home Run Derby that you have to do this week. There's nothing else going on. So why not support a New York Rangers podcast in July? Why not? Today we talk Vlad Tarasenko, or lack thereof. And uh, we also have the Knicks Walls guy, guys on. Because, again, there's not a lot to cover. But there is some, you know, moving and shaking it within MSG. With the Knicks. I think the Rangers are kind of done. But I think the Knicks have a few moves. So we brought the Knicks Walls guys on. Because we like to do the state of MSG twice a year. It's a fun time for us. So, it's the summer. Let's get to it. Here we go. Hi everybody, it's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Hey, Blue Shirts Breakaway fans, welcome to the week of the Blue Shirts Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead, and I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan, and it is the worst Week in sports. Greg, how are you? God, it really is. I I think here's where I want to start. We talked yep. about this on OT. I didn't prep you for this because I never prep you for anything. We don't prep. <laughs> Spoiler alert, we never prep for these shows. No. Uh, I think the NHL needs to adopt the MLB draft rules. I really do. Where, like, paying out of pocket or what? What do you want? One for all, all of it, personally. I just, nothing, Ryan. Oh, sorry. oh okay. We're good. You okay? Nothing. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing made me laugh harder in the last week than Brandon Sprout saying no to the Mets last year as a third-round pick, 90th overall, goes back to college, has a better season, and then gets picked by the Mets again at 54. That's yeah. just fucking hilarious. I mean, that's your Mets update for the week. We made it 53 <laughs> seconds. But <laughs> um, I look, the NHL, I, I think I saw this this morning with the, with the Brinkat going to Detroit. I think, was it Marion Hossa? I'm going to Marion Hossa, flamed. I posted that. Yeah, you're talking about that nothing is more depressing than the, for everybody wondering where this reference is. Obviously, we can talk to Brinkat, that trade, all that nonsense. I had a dream about Vlad Tarasenko last night. I don't know what that tells you about what's going on in where my we're life. Because we're, we're, we're definitely in the hmm category of yeah. Vlad Tarasenko. Um. But the wing-wheeled guys, our friends, Ryan and, and family, posted that uh, on this day in 2008, they signed the Red Wings signed Marion hosted a one-year $7.4 million contract. And, and 15 years later, they signed Alex Dabrinkat to a four-year $7.8 million contract. And to me... That's the saddest tweet I've ever seen in my life. One of the, especially when you see the NBA and MLB and NFL salaries have all skyrocketed. I, I think, I think I'm being light when I say this. Quadrupled? Is that? <laughs> I, th- I think it's more than that. I, I'm, I like I said, I think I'm, I'm underestimating. Yeah, remember when we were in college? I remember. I don't know why I remember this vividly, but when we were in college, the NBA mid-level exception was five million dollars. The Knicks signed Dante Divincenzo using their mid-level exception to a 12 million annual contract. Oh my god. <laughs> like that's the mid-level exception. That's literally the contract you give out to the veteran who is mid mid. <laughs> and I just Yeah, we'll talk about I, that I, with the Knicks Walls boys later. I but. know, it just it breaks my heart that like you know, Alex Debrinkat, I'm not saying he's great and it's, it I I feel like sometimes when we say 
what these contract totals should be. And Alex DeBrincat should be making the NHL equivalent of $12 million a year now. And instead, they have depressed salaries so much in this league. And you guys can blame whatever the fuck it is you want to blame. But it's ridiculous. Every other league has grown. And the NHL is like, what if we go backwards? How fun so, would that be? Well, we're in the middle of July. I think we can have this conversation. Next year, theoretically, the GMs will have a little bit more, more money to play with. Uh, a lot of bit more money to play with. Cool. And Alex Dabrinkat, more money to play with. Fine. Totally agree. With that being said, do GMs look at that as, oh, I could finally play my pay my players more? Or is it, oh, I could finally squeeze more players under the cap? How does the market change? I think it depends on the team. I I, I think the, the Rangers... Devils, the Devils are all signed up for 12 years with all their guys. I think the Rangers would look at it as, can I squeeze in more players under the cap? Um, they have to. Right, because even with the jump that we're expecting, you got to pay Kako... At least Hedl money. Uh, we're expecting $4 million a year. And you got you have a big fat Ryan Lindgren decision you're going to have to make. So the Rangers, just off those two players, you know, we expect Kako to make about a, a three and a half to $4 million jump. And if they want to extend Lindgren, it's probably a $4.5 million jump. So that's the $8 million the Rangers will have to spend. <laughs> I can't believe just... We, just, we just spent Rangers $8 million next year. Yep, sure did. Uh, that's it. But that, I mean, we the Ryan Lindgren conversations we're going to have towards the end of next year are not going to be fun. Probably going to have them at the end of this summer, too, because we're not going to have much to talk about. Um, it's a difficult sub- subject that people, I think, mostly want to bury their heads in the sand about. And I got to right, be honest, I can't so. blame them. I can't yeah. blame them at all. Well, I just, I can't blame them because the thing that... The thing that shouldn't be the determining factor for whether Ryan Lindgren is or is not a New York Ranger for the long term, it shouldn't be dollars. It can be years, sure, but it shouldn't be dollars. And the NHL has created a system where we're talking about guys and stalwarts of organizations where it's a dollar decision. Not like the year decision, I'm here to have it. I, I'm, I'm ready to be upset about certain things. It's a much lesser conversation like the one we had about Jacob deGrom at this time last year. I'm all for having the year debate, but dollars, it should not be a dollar debate with Ryan Lindgren, and it's going to be. It is going to be a dollar debate, and un- unfortunately, uh, look, he took a great contract. The The contract Ryan Lindgren took was criminal. He's developed into a certified, and I don't think it's just Adam Fox playing next to him, by the way. He is a first-pairing defenseman, and we've said, how many times have we made the joke on the show? Every time he's out of the lineup, the Rangers lose. Period. Mm-hmm. They just become nullified. They're awful. So with Ryan Lindgren next year, it's going to be a sticky situation because you and I don't want to give him seven years. It's not. No, we- it, I, well, I don't want to give him seven years, but I always and always will say I just every time a long-term contract gets thrown out there. He, what you're doing is really paying for three years and just hoping the last four There's or whatever they like can be. There's about nine players you want to give an eight-year deal to in the NHL. One of them is Jack Hughes, unfortunately. Yeah, and one of them's Adam Fox. Yep, so one of them's Adam Fox. There you go. It's, it's, one of them's Igor Shosturkin. Yeah, the, the two things the NHL likes throwing around the most are years and no trade clauses. Those are the two things this league absolutely loves. And I just... I, I'm fine with, like, in a, in a nutshell... If there wasn't a salary cap, I would have no problem giving Ryan Lindgren a seven-year deal and dealing with the last four years 
of that contract because I believe the next three years the New York Rangers are going to be Stanley Cup contenders. And that's the trade you make. That That's the deal you do with the devil, essentially. I'm fine with that. It's just the, the salary cap. I just fucking hate the salary cap. It's and awful. It's so oppressive in this league. Every other league, baseball, it's like if you spend too much money, we're going to drop your draft pick 10 spots. And that's why the Mets had to pick 32nd. <laughs> the NBA is like we created this thing called the second apron where unless you're a super-duper billionaire, you might not want to pay it. And still teams are like, yeah, we'll see what happens. Who cares? Yeah, we might pay it. <laughs> yeah. And then in, in the NFL, everyone's like, well, none of this is guaranteed anyway, so we're Money's, just going to throw money Money is fake, around. and I write the numbers down in the pad, and they appear in my car. <laughs> yeah, like, and the, what? And the Atlanta Falcons just draft running backs nonstop, no matter what happens. Uh, yeah, and then the, you look at the NHL, and it's like, I don't think our best players should be making as Can, much as Drew Smiley. Do we think I, I can, Do we think Vlad Tarasenko should take the minimum? That's where we're at. <laughs> that, I, those are the God, conversations we're having. Ryan, honest to God, had a dream last night where I go into our insiders chat, and the dream was so lucid that I was worried I actually did this. <laughs> he woke and up I, and actually checked the insiders chat. <laughs> yeah, I did. And I, I, posted, I posted something along the lines of, well, guys, I've heard enough. I think Vlad's coming back, and I'm ready to report it. No, I was, and I, I got to emphasize this. That was a dream. I yes, had no information. It was a total a dream. The Don't informa- look at that. Aggregators, be careful. <laughs> I will say, did you see the tweet today from that Sean, uh, Sean Simpson guy? Yes, I, of course I did. It was oh unbelievable. Uh, I'll read it for you. Don't worry. Oh, please do. I think uh, the world should know. It's Sean, It's TSN Simmer, Sean Simpson. He mm-hmm. is a former GM and pro scout. You know how bad of a GM you have to be to be a former GM in the National Hockey it's League? It's pretty rough. Anyway, it said, just spoke with a friend in the St. Louis Blues organization who knows the Blues very well. I'm not sure I've ever heard more bad things about a player than what he said about Tarasenko. This is the last thing the Sens need. And the, okay. that last part was a quote. Yes, that was a quote. So, two takes on that, Ryan. One, so you just never talked to this friend before? You've never had a conversation with your friend in St. Louis until it concerned the team in Ottawa? First time ever hearing about Vlad Tarasenko, 2023? That's it. You've never had the conversation. Hey, man, you know, we've been friends, good friends forever. I've been meaning to ask, what about Vlad Tarasenko, you know, the star of this league that's been here for 10 years now? What's up with him? Not once you've you've had that conversation. So that's interesting. And then two, have you seen Ottawa? <laughs> have, 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 have you taken a look around everything there? If Ottawa thinks something's a bad idea, maybe do it because you don't know what a good idea is. Let's talk about what Ottawa's traded real quick. Hmm, hmm. Interesting. Carlson? Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Mark, Mark Stone? Oh, what? that's the interesting. The Stanley Cup winner. Okay. Okay. Uh, Debrinkat? Oh, that's interesting. No, they yeah. didn't just trade Debrinkat. They traded the 7th, the 34th, and another pick for Debrinkat to get back the worst of two first-round picks the Detroit Red Wings had and a soon-to-be free agent in Dominic Kubalik. Like, I, I'm in a vacuum. I don't, I'm not going to play this. The, the agent is now saying, we didn't demand a trade. And the team's saying, they demanded a trade. DeBrincat made it clear he wasn't extending in Ottawa and made it clear he wasn't going to extend with just any team in the National Hockey League. So Ottawa had a very limited market to shop him to. DeBrincat had a very limited market where he would extend for. And plus, we're in an, we're in an era because of the stupid salary cap where so few teams could actually afford to pay him north of $7.5 million. So he had a pool of 10 teams he wanted to go to. And in that pool of 10, he actually only wanted to go to two. And one of them's Lou Lamorello, who's never going to trade you anything for nothing. And uh, Lou wanted to sign him for eight years, which I'm maybe he wanted to do. Uh, but also, he knows the cap's going up. But also, n- not just that. You're telling me the guy from Michigan wanted to go play for Detroit? Hmm. 
That's weird. He, but he didn't demand a trade. Okay. He just, he just by coinkydink, happened to land in Detroit. The kid from Michigan. That's interesting. Did, didn't have any connections there, right? Nobody, uh, nobody chatted. Whatsoever. Okay. So I, I, I'll tell anyone to shove it who says that Ottawa wasn't bent over a barrel. In, in a vacuum, Ottawa did about as well as they probably could have done. At the same time, they got fucking owned in this deal. They Both got destroyed. those things can be true. I just want to make that very clear. Yeah, you traded you traded for Alex DeBrincat to be a star winger on your team. You had to trade him again for a lesser package. That sucks. Yeah, you you had the chance to convince him. You did not. <laughs> uh, turns out Ottawa couldn't sell him on the vision. The real mistake. The, the real mistake Ottawa probably made here is not trading him at the deadline. I don't. But at the same time, they were kind of like passive aggressively going for it, where they added Chikrin. So it would have been weird if they added Chikrin but traded DeBrincat. They were on the verd. They were on the bubble. Of the playoff picture, I'm fine with teams deciding to go for it. I wish more teams did that. I, I, I'm not knocking them for it, but Ottawa also just can't. You can't cry poor when it didn't go poorly. If I'm Ottawa, I would have just signed him to a one year deal and just wrote it out this season and done it again. Because I got to tell you, Ryan, they would have been able to get the exact same package they just got at the trade deadline. Well, that makes me think like if I'm Chickering, I'm not sticking around. Well, he's Maddie. under contract for a couple more years. That, not that much longer. Well, he's still what? a couple more years. No, but Ottawa, all things considered, there's still not a bad core. Any team that's got Brady Kachuk is going to have a chance. And if they find a goal, it's possible. Too. Yeah. is good. So it's, it's not that they're bad. It's just some guys don't want to be in Canada. I can't blame Debrinkat for that. I'd get tired of people talking French to me, too. Uh, yeah, we're, so we're at this point with the Vlad situation. Where it's uh, July 10th, right now it's 638, mm. and uh, the has been solved. The Vlad Tarasenko is prob- and Kane are the big two free agents left. Kane, I don't see, see really signing until he can fully practice again. I Do you think he signs before September, Kane, anywhere? No. I think I'm, I'm, think I'm with you as well. I also and- don't know if I see Tarasenko signing before training camp is about to open. Well, when you change to Pat, Pat Brisson... You, there's there's a couple ways this can go. Pat can say, "Hey, Vlad, the market sucks. Let's play one year, get you traded to a good team." We talked about this a little bit in OT, mm-hmm. and then we can get a, a fat contract for seven or eight million dollars a year next year if you're you're that if you're that player still. Or we could try and maximize that deal now, which apparently and allegedly he had a multi-year deal at six million dollars a year to Carolina done, and it would mysteriously disappeared. So. Uh, I don't know where Vlad goes from here. If he really wants to stay in New York, even then, I don't think the Rangers can do it without making well, it. He'd it, it, have to sign the minimum. Like that, that, that's, that's the it. only way. He has to sign the minimum. And Greg, you and I, uh, we do things out of the goodness of our heart once in, once in a while. I, If I had a $6 million offer and then I, one of them, the other one was a minimum, I would take the $6 million. That's just... The good, the good my, news is... My personal opinion. Now that we've gotten to July 10th, time is actually on Vlad's side. Like, there's no rush whatsoever for Vlad to sign anywhere. He can wait until the end of August. He can wait until people are ready to report to camp until he signs because nothing's going to change. We know this league well enough where the, the, the brink hat was the last domino to fall, and now we're kind of just, I don't know, someone's going to sign Matt Dumba eventually maybe we're chilling until september now yeah everyone's the, the, in a cottage summer yeah i mean they all tweeted about it darren drager's like hey if i don't have if i have wi-fi up here so let me know if anything happens I, <laughs> okay I, cool. God, I i got so annoyed today because i'm sure you saw the report that um the new york times is closing their sports 
office, essentially. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I mean, first of all, they closed it five years ago. They haven't had a good, compelling sports story in maybe even longer than that. I think the New York Times had a beat writer at the, a Ranger game twice in the past three years. They don't have beat writer. They don't have a Metro have, Yankees sorry, they, beat writer. They had a they had a uh, someone covering the Ranger game Correct. twice yeah, or three I'd times. Go, that's as far as I'd go. They do not have a beat writer. They have someone that happened to go to a game. Yes. That's what they had. They, I mean, it's sad because this is what was happening in local television news where um, cuts are being made everywhere and the first thing you cut are local sports. As much as we all love to think, like... Albany, New York doesn't really need a sports department. No one's dying to know what's going on with Shenandoah basketball. I'm sorry. As much as that pains me to say, I get it. I, I understood that you just don't care about, like, whatever the fucking Albany River Rats are doing on a daily basis. I understand. But it's sad when a newspaper like the New York Times... This is the frustrating thing about sports coverage and why some sports are still good and some sports aren't. It's competition and a lack thereof. And the Rangers, we love Vince, we love Molly, we even love Cliff, Click King, and we love Colin. But they don't have any competition. So they kind of just get to do whatever they want. There's there's nobody pushing them for the next best story and trying to dig into something that no one else is looking at. This happens in every sport. This is why I, the only sports where it really isn't true, even Nick's coverage has calmed down. I don't know if you've noticed. It, it seems like there's less, I, I know some of it is the fact that they have an actual adult running the team, and we can talk to Kyle and Sean about this too, um, but Nick's stories used to be amazing and off the walls at any time of the year, but now it's really just the Mets and the Yankees where you get these batshit crazy stories. You know how crazy it is? The Jets traded for Aaron Rodgers, and we haven't gotten a ridiculous Aaron Rodgers story yet We've from had, the media. It's funny. I haven't really seen a lot about Rodgers since he got here. The only mm. thing you've seen is Aaron Rodgers is at all these events in New York, and Aaron Rodgers is at the Eras Tour and all this shit. But I know like, we're doing summer nonsense, but I haven't seen one giant story this entire offseason. Not yeah, one. Yeah, they signed. I don't even know if they've signed Bark. Like, has Barkley signed his? No, uh, he has not. Cool. The, why are we not getting a story about that every day? I got I a story know. today. I got a story today from a buddy being like the Scherzer asked for a trade, and I was like, "Wow, you extrapolated that from would maybe be willing to waive his no trade clause." <laughs> but like, I get that the Mets and Yankees are both in turmoil and both in season, so you're going to get more stories. And they're, they're a different uh, New York baseball is a different breed. I know, but football usually sells, Ryan. So it does. It's, re it's really weird. And again, the Jets just got the most batshit crazy quarterback in our lifetime, probably. And Aaron Rodgers, who goes on darkness mm. retreats. I don't know. Tom this... Brady is not exactly the most normal guy. <laughs> no, but Tom Brady has so many rings that, like, you're just like, whatever. Matter. He's, he's yeah. weird. Rodgers has the one ring and is acting like fucking Jesus Christ. Literally. He, he's very, very, very good. He's and then, not but, like, all time. Football sells all year round. Like, Schefter's tweeting shit on a daily basis. You're telling me New York media isn't digging up stories about football teams this time of year? There's nothing going on. They can no. find something. I'm sure Joe Doug in his lifetime. <laughs> I'm sure of it. Okay, I'm, not, got, I'm, not, I'm not saying unsolicited. We have to I'm not cut saying that out for legal reasons. <laughs> well, you can, you can. I'm going to bleep it, okay? <laughs> it's I'm, better just, if I, I'm, I'm saying it could have been a It's, it's just been, like... It, you look, at, look, man, I have to bleep these. <laughs> okay? Don't give me more work. I have okay, to. Fine, fine. For all legal I'm reasons. Is, all I'm saying is once upon a time, this was a great nation that we lived in. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs>
Uh, back to the NHL real quick. I was complaining about it because that's what this podcast is. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you saw some of the cuts that are also happening. Uh, I think Carolina's doing this and some other, other NHL teams. And I, I find this absolutely disgusting. They're going to do, instead of the radio call, and I know the Rangers have a good, a very oh, good radio. They're, put, they're just putting the TV broadcast. Dude, they're putting the TV commentator on the radio call? What are we doing? So from a, from a standpoint of it doesn't make any sense, a TV broadcaster is not explaining the game like a, a radio broadcaster should, especially in hockey. Like in hockey, Kenny Albert, he has to tell you, he has to paint the entire canvas. You don't, I don't want to watch a hockey game and have Sam Rosen tell me someone's going into the corner. I can see it with my own eyes. Talk about something else. With a radio broadcast, you're asking the TV commentator to over-explain something to a TV audience. Like, if you were going to do it, you would do the radio broadcaster and superimpose it over a hockey feed. But it's just the only sport where you could actually do this is baseball. That's the only sport. And that's only because there's so much downtime in between the big events. And if something big happens, the call is explained, both on TV and radio. Similarly, radio, it's a little bit more colorful than it is on TV. But it's still, you're explaining the action in a way because the camera can't be everywhere at the same it's, time it's similar they're both they're both apples you know red delicious and gallo whereas it's apples and oranges on the other yeah. side whereas like with hockey and with basketball you might say something like tarasenko to kane to sabanajad goal and like that's the entire call that shit doesn't work on radio no like on radio doesn't. you have to say where the pass is coming from what kind of pass it is if there's traffic in the lane of the pass you have to explain the entire kit and caboodle with a radio broadcast Asking a TV broadcaster to have their broadcast simulcast over the radio, it's cheap, lazy, and unfair to the listener. Truly unfair. You are not saving enough money to do this. No, and I know they, they probably say like only so many people live, listen to the radio calls. But then get rid of the radio call altogether. Don't yeah, even try to fake it. Totally get rid of it or have someone that really wants to do it, do it. Yeah. <laughs> like let let somebody do it if like they, if they volunteer who cares let them do it i mean i want to i want to do that like it should still be a full-time employee getting paid and getting paid market rate it's just if you're gonna try to half-ass it don't just cut it like if you're trying to save that much money get rid of it entirely because it clearly isn't making any money for your organization if you're not going to dedicate a full-time broadcaster to it so if it's not going to make any money, that means it's not bringing any money in. That means you're just wasting resources to do it. So if you're not going to do it right, don't do it. This is just business one-on-one. With you. All right, let's get to our, our guests, Sean and Maggio. We're going to talk state of MSG, talk a lot about the Knicks. Uh, as you can tell, there's a lot of Ranger news to go over. So we will be right back. Transition. Hey, we're back. <laughs> We're just telling our guests not to hang up because our recording studio has to finish uploading. Anyway. Anyway. Totally, uh, totally different. Anyway, the Knicks Wall is back for a- another episode of MSG Unplugged. That's right. <laughs> the state of MSG. We have our Sean and Maggio. Maggio, you've been on this podcast for, what, six years now? Yeah, it's uh, one of my favorite traditions. It's been a while. It, it has been. Uh, we've gone over everything. Kevin, uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie coming to New York. I mean... Draft lottery luck, everything. What is, I mean, the, the thing I'm hearing now, and let's start with the obvious. Great season for the Knicks. Awesome playoffs. Rangers and the Knicks. Uh, well, Knicks good playoffs. Rangers kind of poo-poo. And uh, the next big thing for the Knicks, I don't know why, but this guy, Bill Simmons, I've, I've heard him mention Embiid like a thousand million times as wanting to go to the Knicks over the last two months. How much leg 
like like how much is to that? Is that even real? Like what what's going on? Is this your Jack Eichel? Is what Ryan? Yeah, is I, that's what I wanted to say. I'm sorry. I don't think he's the Jack Eichel. I do think I think there's some legs to it, but we're speaking free. Damian Lillard finally getting traded, and it seems likely he goes to Miami, but it seems like there's a chance he could go to Philly. So the caveat here is, assuming Damian Lillard does not get traded to Philadelphia, I think Embiid's probably out of there because what else are they going to do? You you had Harden, you had Ben Simmons. Uh, ben Simmons has had a wildly 180, unfortunate, strange career. Uh, fell off a cliff, but the point is, briefly, he's had some talented teammates at different points in time, and he just can't get past the second round. So I think Billy's tough. I don't know. Maybe he wants out. Seems like there's some legs to it. I know Simmons reported it, but there were some other guys who reported it. You know, saying that it's an option on the table, which, fine. So I think he's worth going for, but I don't know how much I like fully buying right now. I just think we, like I've said the last couple of times, I think regardless, whether it's Embiid or someone else, Worst case scenario, we, we probably have one of the better two or three offers that can be given or offered in terms of volume and quality. So as long as the Knicks are actually offering things up and not just trying to give the scraps and the most protected picks, then I think we might be in a good spot. But we shall see. These things are always hard. And uh, it's a strange dynamic to get in bed with, the, the Philly uh, superstar dynamic. So I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Yeah, I mean, person- I- oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Go on, Sean. After you. Oh, no. Personally, I think, you know, like Kyle was saying, I-, I believe that James Harden is out of there. And so if they don't get Damian Lillard, then I feel like it's definitely going to be, we're going to hear noise of Embiid wanting to be traded, uh, you know, Philly moving into a full rebuild. And then I do think that, you know, we are probably, you know, everybody makes their list. Um, I, I think we're on that list for sure. Uh, I think we're like the preferred destination if he were to ask out. Does that mean I think it's going to happen? Does that mean I think I want it? I try not to, you know, I spent my entire life living in, oh, if this person does that and that person asks out and we can, I don't even do that anymore. But I mean, I do see a very realistic path to Joel Embiid asking to leave and, you know, New York being on the radar and that's a person that you make the kind of move they've been saving up their assets for. Yeah. So I, I was actually looking at the landscape kind of, you know, everyone's always looking for the next disgruntled star. Seems like Embiid is that uh, the Knicks have been looking for that super duper star for a long time. Is there anybody else, Sean, that you see as a potential trade chip? Like, look, the Knicks are good right now. They're fun and they're on the up and up. I love Jalen Brunson, but there's always that, that who's that next? Who's that person that brings them to the next level? I don't like. I don't think Giannis is going anywhere. Is there anyone other than Embiid that is that superstar that you think is going to become available? To be honest, and I know this doesn't really answer your question, so I apologize. Please I don't think Jalen Brunson. I think Jalen Brunson is that superstar. I think that he is that superstar that brings us to the next level. I think he brought us to the next level already, and I think he has another level he can bring us to. And so I think that. If we make things fit around him, that was only year one of his prime. Um, and so if we make things fit around him, he can be that guy to the point where after I saw him put up 41 on the road in Miami and almost carried to a game seven, if any one of his teammates would have showed up that day, I was like, yeah, I trust this guy with everything. Like he's he's built for that. So if we go get someone else, great. I don't really see a lot of guys available. Most guys, you know, we've, we've managed to like, you know, build a team where we get high-level production from guys that are getting less money than the majority of the NBA. 
you know, these other stars and, you know, you get a Jalen Brunson quality of production, you get a Julius Randle level of production, all NBA, you're paying 50 million, you're paying 60 million for it. Like there's guys making that kind of money that aren't winning anything. And so to have the guys we have on the affordable deals we have, it's just tough for me to go out there and pay someone 60 million who hasn't won anything. I have a serious question I want to ask, but before I ask the serious question, I have to ask the typical Greg is a joking piece of shit question, which is we hear often that Mikael Bridges is the missing piece, but is Jay Wright actually the missing piece for the New York Knicks, Maggio? Is that the infinity stone we have yet to collect? Oh, buddy. Thank, you know what? You I don't know if you've been going through my replies and, and you found one of my obscure takes, but this is the one, buddy. <laughs> this is... <laughs> Everyone's been talking about like completing the Nova, the Nova Knicks, and uh, you know, oh, oh yeah, are, are we going to get uh, McCall Bridges? And I have been very big on Jay Wright, and I'm not even. And Sean knows this. Like I, I've conceded pretty much since we got Tibbs that Tibbs is a is a phase one coach. I've used this terminology year after year, and I am actually pretty content with Tibbs now. Maybe much to Sean and others' dismay, I, I'm not. I'm not like oh, he's got to get fired. He's got to get whatever. So. I think it is Jay Wright, though, because I think with Tibbs, usually, inevitably, I mean, okay, we advanced this year. I thought we did pretty, pretty good job in the playoffs, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, normally it's that he comes up short, difficulties getting to the, the conference finals, the finals, right? But Jay Wright, to me, is just like, the signs kind of seem there. I don't know how else to say it without sounding like I'm looking too much into it. But, for example, there was something, uh, Jalen Brunson was openly annoyed towards the end of, I don't know. It was like probably March or so, I think, that you know Jay Wright hadn't come to see him play professionally yet. So suddenly there was video of Jay Wright done by the Knicks. He's a walking around MSG. He's with Jalen Brunson, and I was like, ah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Then you get a Dante DiVincenzo. It's just like I think I think the seed has been planted already. I'm not, that's that's how I feel. I feel like he is that guy. He has a history of winning. I'm not really big on like college coaches being NBA coaches. I think bugaboo whether it's NFL or NBA. Always rubs me the wrong way. There's guys who've had success. I don't know. We just feel like a different game than they used to. But I do think Jay Wright, in general, is just the guy. They, they always – all those guys, it's no coincidence that McCall Bridges, uh, Josh Hart, Jalen Brunson, they're all sort of the same kind of like we'll do whatever kind of player. We have our limitations, but beyond those, you kind of get everything. And I just feel like Jay Wright is a good guy to get that out of most of his players. He seems like a sensible coach. I just think after – you know, Tibbs is a principal coach, and then I think Jay Wright is like a, okay, we, we know the principles now, and now we need somebody who's going to be a little bit more intricate, a little bit more detailed, a little bit more of all the other stuff to get the most out of this guy. So, yes, I, I do think Jay Wright is, is the guy to complete it. Uh, more so than, yeah, like going for a big free agent. Because I do agree with Sean a little bit. I'm not dying for a player. If we get one, great. I'm not dying. Just like Bradley Beal was available three years ago. Everyone knows what he's been like. If they don't trade... Kevin Knox for fucking Bradley Beal with three, four, five first-round picks, I'll lose my mind. We're not in that situation anymore. So, also, the new CBA curbs the spending and things. So, like, for me, it's more like, can we properly leverage getting a star? Like, Donovan Mitchell probably doesn't want to extend with Cleveland. Do we find a way to force Cleveland to trade him to us and he begrudgingly extends with them and then it's a signing trade, something like that? I think that's more reasonable. But at this point in time, They've got a really deep rotation. It's not the, I'm not saying hold on to it forever, but yeah, I think I would look more practically, you know, somebody like a coach or somebody else after next season 
just to see what we actually need and what's actually available. But I think that's more of a, a pressing need now than, you know, any one player. Sean, all I'm going to say is I see all of your fire, please fire Tibbs videos on the Twitters uh, while we still have Twitter, if it ever goes away on us. All I'm saying, Jay Wright, one of the few coaches that understood that getting was good in college basketball and left on his own accord before it was too late. He didn't hang around longer than he should have. He left when Villanova was on top. That's a guy I wouldn't mind running a basketball team. All I'm saying, Sean. All I'm saying. You know, so I, I like Jay Wright. I like the idea of Jay Wright. It's, it's funny because, you know, I that gets said to me often. Like, you know, I, I know you're fired, Tibbs. And it's like, oh, man, you know, this season I was cool with Tibbs. I am like a very – I feel like I'm a very fair guy. I try to be a very fair guy. I feel like we speak to too many people for me to not be fair. Like, you know, too many people like hear what we're saying – and so I try to be as fair as possible. When we were doing terribly and losing the same game over and over the same way every single night from the same simple mistakes and adjustments that I was begging for on a nightly basis, I hated him. I couldn't stand him. I wanted him fired. Uh, last year, he made a lot of those small adjustments. He went to a nine-man rotation. He sat down Evan Fournier. He sat down Derrick Rose. He did even more than I thought he would do. Um, and he made, he put the right players on the floor. He, there are some different things he could have done and been a little more imaginative as far as lineups. But, you know, he made progress. My main issue with Tibbs is that he wouldn't adjust. And so I saw adjustments last year, and it gives me more confidence that I can, like, now that you've shown me you can adjust, I can have some hope in you making further adjustments. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to hate the guy that, you know, we were we were a couple bounces of the ball away from the Eastern Conference Finals, or, yeah. or at least an opportunity to get there. And I think a lot of people, like, as soon as the season ended, tried to forget that. Uh, but I saw where we were, and I see the rest of the league, and I'm not really too impressed by what the rest of the Eastern Conference is doing. I think we're in a very good position to be sustainable going forward. And so right now, I'm not upset with Tibbs. Now, if, if we get back to the playoffs again, and, you know, the deficiency in this series is clear, where it's like he's getting out coached and he's not willing to adjust enough to put us in position, then maybe we have some of those conversations. But... I, I'm not really banging the fire Tibbs drum now. I, I'd be foolish. I'd be foolish. Man, a veteran coach willing to adjust. What a foreign concept, and I can't relate to it. I can't understand it at all. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I do – look, I know we kind of went over Tibbs a bunch, and I, I think it is worth asking. Even if you don't want him fired, how long do you think the leash actually is? We'll go Sean first. Okay. I, I think it's and, – and I was telling people this from earlier in the season when they were like, yo, you can't root for us to win because that means Tibbs keeps his job, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yo, listen, guys, we lost like 17 games out of like 18, and he didn't get fired, bro. I don't think losing is going to get him fired. I think the best thing bet we have is for us to become a better team and for the standard to be raised. And so I feel like now we became a better team, the standard is raised, and I think that, you know, if Tibbs gets in a playoff series, like I said, and, you know, he's – He's the clear shortcoming. I think then you start to have those conversations. A lot of teams fire coaches while they're good, but they have to be, they can't have just become good. And so, you know, once, once the expectation now is okay, where not, can we get to the playoffs, but how far into the playoffs can we go, which is where we are now, then maybe there, like if he, you know, if he doesn't make those adjustments and necessary things in the playoff series, I think that shortens the lead. So I, I think he's got like a year or two of not getting, you know, what he needs to get done, done. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very much at the same sort of mindset that I don't think he's going any fucking where because this is the same shit that I was trying to say last. Well, yeah, pretty much last year and, and the year before. Um, they're just 
they're they're content. I don't know how else to say it. Like, if we're going to win games, at the end of the day, like, that's – it doesn't have to be the way you want, the style you want, with the player you want. None of that shit matters. What matters is, did you win the fucking game? And Tibbs this year won a lot of fucking games. And like Sean just said, he did a lot of – okay, if you're, you're going to fire him, he's fucking up obvious shit, right? He fixed all the obvious shit in one foul swoop. Or December, pretty much. So, yeah, I mean, I think if we're going to sit here and act like he's got to have perfect adjustments that the Knicks fans agree with, we we both know that'll never happen. doesn't matter that Obi Toppin's been traded. If there's going to be a new guy, right? We're going to be upset about something. Quickly's only getting 29 minutes. He should be getting 33. He's not playing, you know, closing a game. Like We're always going to find something. And I'm sure – and I see this from every fan base, not just in, in the NBA, but every – Fan of sports always thinks that their coach is not managing the lineup somehow, and Twitter person X knows how to do it better. So I think if you, if you remove that component of we always know better with the lineups and the rotations, and you just go down to like he wins games and what he's done since he's gotten here, which is largely win games, I think the biggest mistake in Tibbs' tenure so far was going to the front office two years ago, two summers ago, and being like, Evan Fournier's the fucking guy you got to spend money on. That's the guy I need is Evan Fournier. To me, that was not forgivable. So everything else has been largely forgivable or improved or better. Obviously, things are pretty good right now. Uh, to Sean's point about the East being weak, I think this actually helps his case because it's wide open, the Eastern Conference. For example, the Bucks just lost in the first round. Obviously, Giannis was hurt. But Middleton's getting old. The aging's up from team. Outside of Giannis, who do you really have to depend on? Who knows? We'll see if they can actually hold on to the top spot. Either, either way, right? Celtics made that big trade for KP. Move Marcus Smart. Move Grant Williams. They got a new defensive identity coming. Is it going to pay off? We know that they want to win, and they want to win now. Maybe they get worse. Who else after that really scares you in the East, right? Kind of wide open. The Cavs, the Knicks, uh, the Heat again, right? It, it's a it's a strong conference, kind of all the way through 6-17. So my point is, I think Tibbs has a longer leash because – we don't even know what to make of the Eastern Conference. We just know we were one of the final eight teams. I, what rush would the Knicks actually be in to get rid of him? He's on a five-year deal, right? He's only coached three. He's. I said this last summer when everybody wanted him out, and I wasn't like I was super pro Tibbs at the time, but it's like, yeah, man, like the Knicks were never, never going to fire him before the third season. It just was never going to happen. He was always going to have at least until the halfway mark of the third season so they could say, okay. We, we've had continuity. We've had, we, you know, we we stuck with the guy, and, and we're almost going on four years. And now he can't get us straight. We gotta let him go. But that's not what happened. They got Jalen Brunson, a real point guard. It's absolutely Peyton, amazing. What a difference that is. It's almost like everyone with the brain knew what was gonna happen there. And uh, yeah, I think his leash is pretty fucking long, man. I think he definitely got to the end of the five years, so two more years, right? And then if they're still getting to the playoffs, if they're still going to the, if he gets to a conference finals, I think. He gets extended. That's just my my hunch. I just think that's kind of the reality of it. If you're going to consistently lock in as a as a deeper playoff team, they're not going to want to move you, you know, move on from you that quickly. He, for better or for worse, has come in, laid his principles down. If if it keeps getting us wins, we keep going to the playoffs. They're probably going to keep him. If we go to three straight second rounds and the rest of it gets more embarrassing, maybe they look to move on. As far as I'm concerned, I don't see why. They are going to move on from him in the next at least two years. 
right. I'll ask my serious question now. So the thing Ryan and I gripe about most on this podcast is probably the lack of player movement in the National Hockey League. A lot of that is because the NHL hands out seven and eight year contracts like they're fucking Pez's. And another reason is the amount of no trade and no movement clauses that are in the league. Players don't want to move. They're set in stone. The exact opposite of the NHL, you'd have to say, is the NBA, where now we're in this era, a player sticks around, gets the extension, but if they don't like where they are after one year, they'll ask for a trade. And most more times than not, I, I'd say every non-Daryl Morey time of this, the team eventually re- relents and trades the player away. I think your stereotypical hockey fan would say they prefer that, oh, our players, they're loyal, they don't go anywhere. For me, that's not interesting. But I am curious, from your perspective, Sean and Maggio, your diehard NBA fans, is your enjoyment of the National Basketball Association diminished in any way because a guy like Dame Lillard, one year after signing a massive contract extension, will say, fuck this place, I want out, and I want to go to a very specific place. Sean, to me... I don't think it, I, I don't think it impacts my ability to like my team and like players any, any which way, but I'm curious to hear your opinion from a non-hockey fan about the player movement era and whether this is impacting your fandom of, of the sport you love. So that's a great question. I don't feel like my fandom is being impacted. Honestly, I feel like if anything, I, if I had an issue with it, it would be the incentivization for like staying where you are. Because that's, I, I wish Damian Lillard would have left years ago. Like, he's been wasted in Portland. Yep. And I love Damian Lillard. So, like, I would have loved for him to go to a team where he actually had an opportunity to win. I would have loved to see Damian Lillard in the playoffs for the past few years. And so, if anything, my experience as a fan has been diminished by the fact that he stayed where he was so that he can get the contract he has. And he has other loyalty things and everything, too. But I just sometimes want guys to leave sooner. Like, clear, they've been rebuilding clearly. They They came out and announced, like, a year or two ago, and said, yeah, uh, our plan is to build around Damian Lillard. And I was like, hello, he's 32 years old. Like, it's a little late to announce that. Like, you can't build around a 32-year-old. It's too late. You guys can't rebuild around someone that's 32. Uh, so, I, But I, I appreciate the player movement. I think it keeps it interesting. I think the NBA is the world's greatest soap opera. Uh, the drama creates itself. The jokes write themselves. And it all comes out being historical in the end. Yeah, I think it's a good question, by the way. Enjoyed that question. And uh, listen, I'm good at asking questions. Really, really good question. I'm just really happy listening to it. But um, I don't. I think it's 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 funny, okay? Because it's all contextual. It's like the Dame Lillard point. I don't think you could be upset about that. He'd been there like a decade. Like what? What else you? What? What are we doing here? You know what I mean? Like we've seen him do the Portland thing. It's ten years. It's a long time. And and you know, I think a lot a lot of hockey fans have that like. Olden sports fan, American sports fan mindset of like back in the day, like yeah, guys would sign ten year contracts, and weren't getting paid shit. Like it's not, it's not the same anymore. You can't just expect guys to stay for ten years. Or- no, no, Maggio, I hate to cut you off, but it is the same. They are like eight year dog shit contracts. But continue. Yes, yes, but in terms of like not enjoying the sport because guys are moving, it's like. This is the reality, and you know what I really realized this was. I wouldn't say it ever bothered me with the NBA, but as I got like really 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 big into soccer like the last last decade for sure but like the, the last like five to seven years those guys will move move on immediately those guys sometimes sign with the club they're there six months of like this manager 
is fucking horseshit, and I cannot play in his system, and I need out. There's shit that happens like Lukaku went to, to, to fucking, what, Chelsea for a billion dollars? and then Yeah, for like a day and a half he left. Yeah, and then he's just like, ooh, you know, I think I'd rather go back to Milan. I think I'd rather go back to Inter, and I don't, I don't like it here. And you know what? I'm just not going to play for you guys anymore, and you figure out how to load me over there. I'm going to fly back now. I'm just not going to play for That sounds like a Ted Lasso I, scene. <laughs> it is, bro. It was hilarious. He was ba- barely there for a cup of coffee, and, there, and he was literally just like, no, man, this sucks. And he literally waited until Inter was like, all right, man, he really wants to come back. Let's let's find, like, $12 million to throw Chelsea this year, and then we'll figure it out next year to see if we can play him. They, these guys are never happy, right? And then that's when I realized, Oh, it doesn't it doesn't fucking matter in the NBA because they've been doing this shit forever in soccer. They just don't give a fuck. They they go, they sign for all this money, big transfer fee, and they can just be like, ah, this sucks, I'm out of here. And they have the authority and the gall to do it. So for me, the only the only time I like I, I wouldn't say annoyed, but like when I find it like actually comical in terms of being a little bit insane, is like James Harden. James Harden requests a trade, he goes to the Nets. He's barely there again for, for a cup of coffee. And then he's just like, oh, man, this really fucking – I can't do this. I don't know why I expected this. Get me out of here. I'm going to Philly. Then he goes to Philly. Even worse for a guy like him. Never go to Philly. Never. Never. And then Philly chews you up. Doesn't work out again. I got to go. I'm out of here again. Send me to I, – I was hoping to go back to Houston, but send me anywhere else now. Now now who knows where he goes, right? Maybe the Clippers, maybe. That's when it gets, like, funny to me. But, like, guy like Bradley Beal. He's with the Wizards 10 years. Suddenly, all right, you know what? I'm out of here. All right, I mean, who gives a fuck? Now we get to watch Bradley Beal play in, in Phoenix. It's not For me, it doesn't change my enjoyment of it. You know, for me, I'd rather that than, like, I get tired of watching the same soap opera. And I love Dame, but it's like, how many years are we going to watch Dame versus everybody in Portland? It's like, okay, we get it. You, you had some great shots because you have to score 50 points every game. I can only watch this for so long and say you can actually, you know, take you seriously or not. So watching these guys actually get a chance to go on and win a little bit it actually you know it adds to it but i don't know it's uh the nba yeah. it, the nba likes the part of this i guess is the parody of like you know small market teams home you know uh they, they get to sign these these super max deals stay with the you know incentivize you to stay longer versus the super team pairing and i get it but like you know let's not reward like shitty losing teams either and then you lose damian Lillard for a decade someplace where they're not going to win shit that's uh you know, why don't, why don't you get serious about your operation and maybe it'll attract players who want to play for you and win in, with your organization. So, same thing I've told the Knicks for years. Let's get serious yeah. and stop just calling ourselves the fucking Mecca. Why don't we act like it's the Mecca, play like it's the Mecca, and then maybe people will take us seriously. You can't just, like, spew shit. So, yeah, I, I will say, I, I know you guys know this. I know everyone at home knows this, too. Ryan and I, big player movement guys. I want to make it clear, if Connor McDavid ever asked for a trade, Ryan and I would host a seven-hour call-in show. Just about that trade request because it would blow our brains out immediately. The amount of the amount of shit a superstar, the best player in the league, has gone through in the most anonymous audience possible in the United States because it's not even in this country. I would do seven straight hours on a McDavid trade request. It would be the only thing I talked about for a solid month. Period. Also, he's not interesting at all. There's nothing interesting about Connor McDavid, whereas most NBA stars, there's a lot interesting. And Connor McDavid is a you, wet blanket to be. Are you telling me it's not interesting that Connor McDavid doesn't wash his socks? You're not interested in that storyline? I was. I almost threw up my mouth when I saw the picture. <laughs> but that's, that's about as far as I've gone. Uh, 
Baggio, with with MSG, uh, I think last year the vibes were back entirely until the Rangers, um, how do I say this nicely, uh, shit the bed <laughs> in a big way. Um, usually, the case is only one of the two teams can be good. Are, right. And I bring this up because I think one of us is due for regression. Who is it? The Rangers or you? Um, well, so I'm going to start this with the same – Sure, it's probably your same story. We've seen this movie before. We have. Usually, it's a yin and a yang, and one constant is that there's no sustained success in either direction when both teams are in the same room. So, not that it, it brings me joy to say it, and I, you know, of course, we'll root against it. I think if there was regression, it would be with the Knicks. I just think the Rangers just had their big, you know, two pants playoff series, and I don't know that I'm going to count on them to have two in a row. They just moved, you got what new coach, right? I mean, I, I yep. just think, okay, you're going to probably come in. And I would. This is my take. You're going to win a playoff round. I don't know how far after that because hockey playoffs are like nothing it's I've ever random, seen before. Dude. Totally fucking random. I think you definitely win the first round, and then after that, I don't know. The NBA playoffs are also a little random, not as random as as the NHL ever. But I just think it's with the, the way the East is. I could see like. We lose a tough first round series, and we feel like it's a big failure because we didn't get to the second round. But then the Rangers cruise the like that. That's kind of like where my brain's at because it's never we never have both. I just can't wrap my head around like you know what, man, this is the year that it's going to be both. I don't think it's the year it's going to be Did, both. We're like two years away from that. I feel like in the year of our Lord MSG Sphere, has that changed? I think that, like, did the sphere take the attention away, and now all of a sudden both of us can be good? Yeah, that's Ryan, the real are question. Are you suggesting that you need to look into the crystal ball? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, a little bit. Iosauron, a little bit, something like that. <laughs> it's one or it's one of the other. Sean, I'll put it. Let me put it this way before you answer, Sean. Last year, it feels like the Knicks are a year behind the Rangers. Where last year you won that first playoff series, that felt really good. You were super competitive in the second round, that felt really good. And while it wasn't everything you wanted, it felt like a really good season. The Rangers were there two years ago where they made an Eastern Conference final. Everything felt great. Everything felt early. We all said it was early. And then the next year, the Rangers go out there, shit their pants, like Ryan said, lose a seven-game playoff series to a barely, almost in-state rival, and now everything feels doom and gloom. If the, if the Knicks finish fifth or fourth in the East and have a tough playoff series with, say, the 76ers who get someone like a, a couple good players for James Harden from like the Clippers. Is it going to feel like a disappointment in your eyes, Sean, if you as a four seed don't make it out of the first round after making it out of the first round as a six seed? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, we made it out of the first round as the five seed, but I kind of had seed. a favorite in that series over Cleveland. Um, you know, if we're a five seed and Philly's a four seed, then Philly's clearly a good team. And I'm just, I'm very realistic about how the NBA goes. And that's why, you know, for me, it's like, put the best team you can together to put it, put the best team together you can to put yourself in the best possible position heading into the playoffs. So if you can make yourself a four seed, you're likely not playing one of the better teams to start with. You can make yourself a three seed. You can get yourself home court, things like that. Because after that, it's just how it breaks from there. So if you end up in the four or five matchup, you're pretty evenly matched with your opponent. Um, and so I know it could go the other way just because I want for it to go a certain way. You know, I, I know that that's not really how the league works. Like the Nuggets, I mean, they had injuries, but they lost in the, they went to the Western Conference Finals and they lost in the second round. Then they lost in the first round. Then they won the championship. 
And so just because we went to the second round this year doesn't mean automatically we returned to the Eastern Conference Finals. The, the Hawks went to the Eastern Conference Finals and didn't go back to the play. Well, went back to the playoffs, but as an eight seed, you know, didn't do anything. And so for for me personally, it's just keep us in a position to have a chance consistently, you know? And, and I think that we have a team now. We've got a solid foundation. We've got very young players. So we're starting to establish some continuity for probably the first time in my life. You know, for a very long time, Lance Thomas and Frank Nilakina were the longest tenured Knicks. So we're starting to establish some actual continuity. And, you know, we have a young team. And so it's like this team now, I know that we're going to have a chance every year. And that's cool for me. I like that. And now how far we take that chance, where it breaks from there, I'm able to evaluate that when we get there. But I can't just look the end result on paper and say, oh, well, we get to the second round and then we went to the first round. So this is a failure. Final question for me, and I feel like it's just something that I have to ask. Maggio, I'll start with you. What is your Knicks upcoming season hot take if you have one? Ooh. Uh, let's see. Hot take. Oh, man. I can ask this as well. Are the Knicks done with transactions? Uh, they're not done with transactions this year, but they're as close to the, whatever they're doing next is not anything like fun unless it's you know fun for me which would be Fournier is going to I would assume is going to be gone someplace they already over the Rose Fournier is pretty much the only dead weight left so if they they did move him it'd probably be him I don't think they're going to make whatever modest size move they thought they could make to move the salary at this point I think they've tried the last couple years both in the the Mitchell trade and uh, last year which obviously the Jazz didn't want to take his stinky salary on and then this year, they tried to dump him with, uh, I think, like, Obi. And, and it was Obi, Fournier, and, I don't know, some other shit for, I don't know, one of the rumors I read. Point is, I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, so I think they're probably done. If I had to, to give a hot take, um, I think, I, I don't know, it shouldn't be a hot take because I think it happened this year. And they should have both gotten the nod. But I think uh, next year, the Knicks are just going to have, for sure, two All-NBA and two All-Star players. Um most likely will be Julius Randle again and Jalen Brunson, who somehow didn't make either, right? Did he make All-NBA, Sean? He did not make All-NBA or an All-Star game. Right, okay. I, was, I wasn't sure about the all I, I, It was a blur towards the end of the season with the playoffs. I just wanted to confirm that I wasn't making things up. He didn't make All-NBA, which baffled me because he even had Coach Eric Spolstra, like at the podium pleading that he – like, how is this guy not making All-NBA? It doesn't make sense to me. So I think for sure, you know, there's going to be the overcorrection of like, well, he's, it's like his all-star spot, his all-NBA spot to lose, assuming he keeps it up a little bit. And then I just think Julius has shown two out of three years to, at the very worst, be a pretty great regular season player with the time production. And usually that's going to end you up on a list. And I think being able to kind of look at his last couple of years and, and see a number of all-star selections is going to start being pretty fun. But I think this year for sure, I would say they're going to have two because anything after that is a little bit nuts. You never get three all-stars unless you're like, you know, what the the big three heat era. It's very, very difficult. Or the Hawks randomly that one year. So it's very, very difficult to do. Um, I, I just think, I don't think, I don't see any big, you know, what else? We, we didn't get six man this year. I don't think anybody gets six man next year. Uh, no more coach of the year for Tibbs. Not going to happen. Uh, well, what, no defensive player of the year for Mitchell Robinson. I don't think it's going to happen. So I think, yeah, I think 
be shuffling through random scenarios now, but I think that's that that for me would be it. I think it's all NBA too often. Sean? Uh my hot take is that the Knicks will be a top three seed. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, we're, we're we're there. Last year I said we win forty five to fifty games, people called me crazy. I said we wouldn't be a playing team, people called me crazy. And what a surprise. I was right. Um and so <laughs> This year, I definitely expect to be a top three seed. I think that they'll for sure win 50 games. I think they could even approach 55 wins. Um, I think especially with adjusting for the pace when after Josh Hart got here, uh, with the depth that we have to sustain whole, you know, any possible injuries or you know guys being nicked up. Uh, I also think that Quick wins sixth man of the year. I think they owe him one, and I believe mm-hmm. that he gets even better than he was last season. And last season, he got off to a very slow start uh, offensively. And so without that slow start offensively, I think he should be able to, you know, create a pretty solid distance between him and the other candidate, if he's even the sixth man. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that we'll definitely be a top three seed. That would be my hot take. I think yeah. 55 wins is the, to me, I think now that I'm thinking about it, I think top top three I almost think is, maybe I'm getting too bold now, but I think it's almost a certainty. Philly got worse, right? I, I don't see Philly, like, cakewalking in the top three. Especially and I'm not scared coach. of Boston, bro. I'm not scared of them. I don't. I don't think they, they're guaranteed. I was saying this a little bit before. I don't think they're guaranteed to like again Be like cakewalk. To, yeah, because last, last couple of years it's like okay, it's Bucks and Boston, Bucks and Boston, Bucks and Boston, whoever else, right? It's not Bucks and Boston. It's just Bucks now, and then it's like two to five or six is pretty wide the fuck open. So I think top three is like maybe almost be a little disappointed if they couldn't for sure top four, but definitely top three. I think they could do, and then. uh I, th- I agree with you this year. You know how hesitant I am for the big, the, the big five. Anytime we talk 5-0, 50, 50 wins, I get a little queasy. The last couple of years, you know this. I'm always hesitant to pull the trigger. 50, I think, is well within reach. You, you said from the heart trade, not just the heart trade, but as you know, the December 3rd when the rotation tightened up. If you go back just to that, before nice. Hart even got here, and I just think the combination of those two things, I think, yeah, definitely, 50 wins for sure. I think 55 is like where, where we start to get a little crazy. Like, can we can we approach that territory? I, I don't know, but I don't know. You just got me. I didn't even think about the 50, 55 wins thing. <laughs> 55 wins to me is like that. That let's get nuts. You know, that's that's really where the hot take would be. I think 55 is the number. I got let's I got it. I got a hot take. I not a hot take. I got uh, quick hit questions for you guys before you get out of here. I got one for Maggio, one for Sean. Maggio, you first, real quick. Am I supposed to give two shits about this in-season tournament? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because in soccer, nobody... Well, I, I, I know this. The, soccer, the FA Cup is one of my favorite things in the world. I enjoy Champions League. Hell, I even love Europa League. It's just really hard for me to buy into this NBA tournament because everybody's getting in. So why do I care? Because, okay, let me put it this way. The first year, it's going to suck. I have no defense for what's going to happen this first year. I think... There's going to be too many complaints, too many, this is what fixes it, this is what we need. So I think nobody's going to be happy the first year. I think even I'll probably be unhappy the first year. I think in the long run, it's a good thing because if you're if you're wondering why you should care anyway, if everybody gets in, it's more because everyone goes, oh, the regular season doesn't matter. It's played early in the season on purpose. The, the WNBA does this with the commissioner's cup too. And you just got to, it's a way to like, okay, there's no more just like, we're kind of warming up for two months, you know. It's, it's hey, this is this is a legitimate tournament. It's a chance to win a trophy, and you want to just win trophies now is the goal. It's not just win the trophy; it's just win trophies. Right. You know, can you win one? Can you win two in a season? Two should, is now the goal. 
can, can you sweep it? Like, that, that's how I view it as, like, a soccer fan. Can, how can we win both of these fucking trophies? Can we win the one in November? Can we win the one at the end of the year? So I think that's the selling point is you now have to care about the regular season, at least just a little bit in the beginning of the year. And then additionally, yeah, the, the first year everybody will feel silly being like, yes, the OKC Thunder won, won you know, the, the NBA <laughs> in-season tournament, whatever it is, and then they're going to hold the trophy up. No one's going to give a fuck. I think next three or four or five years, something like that, when people – I'm sure a team might end up winning it uh, and winning the NBA Finals, and then that's when people will start to care and be like, ooh, winning winning the NBA Finals in a season where you already won another trophy, and then people are going to get the big picture. That's my I'm, selling point to you. I'm going to set an alarm to ask you this question again in five years when we still don't care. But, Sean, my, my, <laughs> my, my, my last question for you, Sean, is if I hand you a list of ten questions about keeping the faith, can you discuss it with Ben Stiller for me? I got you. <laughs> I, I got you. Uh, that that I, I just, can do for you. I don't think that's I have so like many that. questions about how Keeping the Faith was a movie and how Ben Stiller and Edward Norton were in it. And I just need I need you to sit down with him and ask those questions for me. I, I will do my best. I, I don't want to let you down. You send me those questions and I will do my best to get you those answers. I'm, I'll I'll get you a Google Doc tomorrow, buddy. I, I've been sitting <laughs> on this for too long. Uh, Sean, why don't you go ahead and plug what you do? Uh so the next wall, you know the vibes. You can find us Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all that stuff. The next wall, uh, me. I'm I hate Sean. That's I hate S H A U N. I shouldn't have to spell the first two words for you. We have bigger <laughs> problems. Um, and you know I'm possible. Uh, I I believe that I'm possible. I hope that you all believe that you're possible because we are all possible, and you shouldn't hold yourself back. So. You know, that's something I really believe in. That's a thing I'll keep pushing, and hopefully people... You're talking uh, to two podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> not, to, not to be that guy. But, uh, uh, Maggio, anything else on the next wall? Yeah, no, I mean, you already know. Sean did the plug yep. there. You know, f- follow us. Uh, mainly, I don't give a fuck about Twitter anymore. Eli killed this for me. It's not fun. Follow me at Kyle Maggio if you still care about that site, as I'm trying to every day convince myself. But follow us on Threads. Are you on Threads? Is someone you love on Threads? Maybe, maybe get a, because a get a following, get an actual EY, and I'll be on Threads. Okay, I'm there, but this is funny. For we've sports, got, not good. We, we've got a skyrocketing 1,500 followers on Threads right now. We're going to the fucking moon, baby. We're Keep not going. on Twitter. We're not on Twitter level yet, but anyway, you know, check us out on Threads. I don't know. Check Sounds everybody good. out on Threads. Some new shit going on. So get into it. What else is there? We're bored of all the apps. Instagram sucks. It's an ad everywhere you go. You don't want to be on Twitter. Rate limit right. exceeded. Check us on the threads. I might go to the Union game on Saturday because they're versus NYFC. So I will uh, text. I'll shit talk you via via Twitter. So there enjoy, you go. There. enjoy your three zero victory because that's <laughs> we don't we don't score goals and we don't win games. So <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you guys. Always a pleasure. Don't leave. Don't leave. Don't leave. <laughs> it's stopping. Hey, we're back. Thank you to the Knicks wall, as always. Always a good time hanging out with those fellows. We want to end the show by doing some five-star questions. <laughs> very, very very like, we want to end the show, and then you could have can't, just called it a day right there. We, we, could, have, we could have just totally ended it. Uh, but we didn't. So if you want to leave a five-star question, you can go to our Patreon, leave it on the Discord, and we will read them on the show. Uh, this is from David. He asks, is Joey Chestnut the greatest North American athlete? No, but it brings up an important conversation. When's the last time you gave a shit about the hot dog eating contest? 
about four or five years ago, I think was my last one. I, it's it. I only really care when Joey Chestnut has uh, a record to break or any competition whatsoever. Ever since they banned Kobayashi, I've kind of been out on the hot dog eating contest. I, he needs a rival. Yeah, you know, he's like got how, nothing. How cool is is uh, Marvel without Thanos? Not that cool. It's like also, uh, I just I think I unfair fights. I think once upon a time, you know, I I think is July Fourth the worst holiday. Uh, I don't know if it's the worst holiday. We've come Flag Day. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, we're talking federal holidays where you get off work. It's probably the worst. Because Labor it, Day it, it and Memorial happen. Day are sweet. They're awesome. Labor Day and Memorial Day are also set oh, days where it's always packaged. a Monday. Great. Oh, good for you, man. Yeah, I guess so. Labor Day and Memorial Day, they're set Mondays. You're guaranteed to have the long weekend. Where July 4th, you know, this year was a Tuesday. What am I supposed to do with that? What? Some people had to go to work on Monday and then got the off day Tuesday. That was what mean. are they supposed to do with that? that? Next year's even worse. Wednesday in the middle yeah. of the week is the it's awful. So, no so no the one's day, working that whole week. The day of the week is fucking weird. Um, and then the weather sucks because it's usually hot, balmy, and disgusting. I think a big reason why we do fireworks on July 4th is because that's the only time where you can feel like you can go outside without dying, especially now in this global warming world that we live in. Thanks, Obama. Uh, I just, I think it's the worst holiday because I, you watch the hot dog eating contest at noon because there's just nothing fucking else to do. No, it's not. There's nothing else to do. Especially like, it's like this week you watch the home run derby. You go, that was cool. You maybe watch a couple of of the all-star game and you go, wow, there's no sports on till Friday. Oh, I'm not watching the all-star game. I'll watch some of the derby, but I'm not watching a second of the all-star game. I will watch game, the derby. We've been over this before. All-star games are outdated and useless. Uh, this is from S. PBD 513 with Cincinnati Cyclones joining the joining the organization as the ECHL affiliate. When is BSB making a trip to Cincinnati and can I host you? Uh probably never. Mets Reds oh, I do next want to go year. To I do want to, why? You think the Mets are going to be good? <laughs> no, just I want to see LA Cruz. That's that's it. I mean, you could see Dela Cruz and Otani at the same time. That'd be pretty fun, huh? Oh, okay. <laughs> Call your shot. <laughs> The only we've talked about this. The only reason Otani won't be at Met is if he doesn't want to play on the East Coast. It's that simple. Otherwise, I, I agree other, with you. Met, no one's outbidding New York. Cohen will, Cohen will give him seven hundred million dollars, and he will not. Yeah, care. yeah, he won't play will twice not. about it. He won't even bat an eye. Uh, man, the Reds are good. They even got. You see what how they did in the draft yesterday too? No, I didn't pay attention. to the uh, draft. They, read, they got read louder. They're they're just the Reds are doing everything right except like I get annoyed because they're cheap fucks. And they don't they're really have cheap. To be. They're really cheap. Yeah, L.A. De La Cruz is great until he's going to be not a red in five years. They have to pay him now. They should now. have paid him before they promoted him. They should have. Yeah, uh, well, idiots. Well, here we are. Uh, this sorry, is from, Big Bearcat. This is from, yeah, sorry, Big Bearcat. This is from da- Dang Mersican T.O.? I can't say that last word. Okay. What do you think think of the sphere now that it's finished, and does it mean it's bad for the Rangers and Knicks now that Dolan has shifted his attention back to them? I don't think Dol- Dolan ain't going to shift his attention for at least two more years. Yeah, now, no. Now the sphere needs to start making money. The sphere, yeah, the sphere has to do. The sphere is awesome. Every every video I've seen of the sphere is amazing. Mm. But uh, now it has to be profitable, and it has to wow everybody from the inside, not just the outside. I will say it's in a kind of shitty location. Like the sphere was such a massive project that they kind of had to build it away from the strip, so it's a bit of a nightmare to get to. Right, it is a but little at, bit off. Yeah, at the same time, you know. A lot of things like the Mandalay Bay is not exactly easy to get to and plenty is, of people get it there. It is not. Yeah. So 
people talk about you know, the beauty of things on the strip is how easy it is to get to and how you can just go from one place to one place to one place. But people do act like it's a sometimes a nightmare to get to somewhere else. And it's it's not really at the same time as someone that stayed in a hotel near the sphere or within the sphere realm to go to the NFL draft last year, which was an experience. Uh, it's not ideal. Let me put it that way. This is from Julia Barnes. Can you rank your favorite Ranger conspiracy theories in recent history? The good news is there haven't been a ton. Yeah, like, a lot of them aren't really conspiracies. Like, Panarin had a hit piece written about him. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that was, that's, it's not really a conspiracy. Yeah. Um, Uh, A Ranger mysteriously retired a couple years ago and then played in Europe. Okay. Did Tanner Glass have dirt on somebody? Does he continue to have dirt on somebody because he's still in the organization? I I like. The Lindros. Somebody needs to do a thirty for thirty on the Lindros stuff. There's, there's not a lot of, there's in the moment conspiracy theories, or not, they're not even really conspiracy theories. They're more of things that could happen or have been talked about. But I don't, I can't think of any actual conspiracy theories the Rangers have had. Yeah. Whereas the Mets, oh, where do you I have a conspiracy begin? theory. The refs, uh, Jacob Truba suddenly had the worst game of his life versus Tampa Bay, and he had like five faint penalties no that's just that you that's just the it's NHL. not a conspiracy the nhl refs stink like that's, that's true that's that just is the NHL. not a conspiracy ryan that's just the real conspiracy is like scott foster how many times does the team that's down in game six of the series have to win before someone goes hmm, what's that about oh first time ever happened this year first time yeah so. and like chris paul is now with the warriors and scott foster has to ref a warriors game it's not like he's gonna ref against the warriors is he something's gonna give well, sooner or later Final question from Brett Lee. Let's say the New York Rangers don't win a cup this year. Stamkos is a UFA this summer. Could you all see the Rangers going after him? To me, it would almost feel like Messier style. Do they need a center all of a sudden? Is he going to play wing? I think, I think Brett, I think a lot of, uh, if, you, if you're ring chasing, you might go to the Rangers over the next couple of years. And you, you're going to have to take discount money. If you want to come for a serious salary, you're not coming. Yeah, 2026 when they give Connor McDavid $16 million. Yeah, so the real question here is, does Stamkos actually want to win a ring, or is he cool with his two fake ones? Right, exactly. Well, he's got more than two. He's got a couple real ones, right? Was he on those? The uh, the tor- How long has he been here? I don't think he was on the Tortorella Lightning, was he? No. No. Was he? I, he no. I don't believe so. Was he? I don't know. I'm not looking this up. I could. I'm yeah, not. we could look it up. Uh, but We could, but we'll just get at it until we're idiots. So yeah. it's totally so, fine. Anyway, does Stamkos want some real boys, or is he cool with his fakies? That's the real question. Uh, all right, that's it. We'll be back next week. Will we? Uh, I don't know, actually. Oh, shit. Is next week our 400th episode? <laughs> what? Yes, I think so. Oh, my God. Let me no, Let's you. call a day on 399. That's a good number. Yep. Next week is episode 400. Oh shit! We're gonna have to actually get. We're gonna have to have fits on, aren't we? Uh, yeah, or Woj or somebody. So maybe both of them. Yeah, little reunion. Uh, <laughs> F- yeah, four episode... hundred. Yes, dude. What are we doing? <laughs> oh my god! And that doesn't count all the OTs that we've done, which puts it over five hundred. No, uh, yeah. It also people don't realize what, there's still a, a SoundCloud feed where Ryan and I did so many random shit. We did a podcast breaking down Baby Driver. We did. Uh, we also did uh, Nice Guys. Oh God, I love that movie. So Great much. movie. I'll do, you want? You know what? For episode four hundred, you want to do Nice Guys all over again? I'll you do that. Just... <laughs> I'll do. I'll do a rewatchables BSB. 
second half is just a nice guys rewatchable. Yeah, fuck it, let's do it. Why not? I don't hate that. I'll watch yeah. nice guys this weekend. I'll do it. Twist my arm with her a good time. Okay. Hey, if you haven't watched Nice Guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're giving you a week to watch maybe my favorite Ryan Gosling movie. And it's pertinent because Barbie's coming out soon. All right. What's Nice Guys streaming on? Nice Guys uh, On Netflix, I believe. All right. Let's double check so everyone can know. Oh, it is on Netflix with a subscription. I'm going to just double check. I'm clicking the link. Yeah. Remember, you there. can't share I... your passwords. It's there. All right. Everybody watch Nice Guys. We're going to do a 45-minute rewatchables on the Nice Guys next week. <laughs> For episode 400. <laughs> <laughs> all right it's Sweet. it's legitimately one of my five favorite movies That's oh it's not amazing ex- it's amazing it's so fun i love it <laughs> don't have to say and stuff just say dad look at the hordes <laughs> <laughs> gosling murders in this movie it's a Russell shame pro is incredible we're gonna have 45 minutes next week Let's yeah yeah, yeah. Well, save it save it save it save it <laughs> all right well, we'll talk to you guys next time bye 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 love you bye all right it's the end of the show so i thank all those nhl insider club members who have supported this over the past couple of weeks, we had a lot of great scoops in the insider chat and a lot of good conversation, as always. Uh, but without these people and the rest of the Patreons, we couldn't keep this show going. Adam Cassie, Adam Cohen, Adam Cartulo, Adam Keach, Alex Flynn, Alex Gardner, Amber Cohensberger, Andrew Ronner, Anthony Gray, Anthony Mortoro, Anthony Terragata, Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Brett Lomayer, Bill Olson, Bill Rattel, Brandon Lacos. Lacos? Did I always say it like that? Brandon Magnum, Brett Granger, Brett, Brett McGinnis, Brian Doyle, Brian Doherty. Brian Gallagher, Brian Mallon, Brian Fallon. Fallon? Brian Fallon? Brian Fallon's like a guitarist. Brian Farrell, Cassidy Rollman, Chris Finelli, Chris Howard, C.J. Stelwick, and Conrad Damage, Daniel DeLaney, Daniel Dezen, David Narodin, David Siegel, Dennis Dice, Darian, Eric Stagg, Garrick, Rainus, Gregg talks about the Mets all the time. Gretzky, <laughs> McFly, ha- Hayek is no longer a New York Ranger. Harrison Hasco, Hello Vanilla, Hippity Nine, Ian Rodriguez, Ian Usher, Jack Bagley, Jans Masker, Janet Jr. McKesh, Jason Zombransky, Jimmy Mack, John Hardesty, John Shea, Johnny Thundercock, Jordan, Josh Kestenbaum, Christopher Florida, Chris, Kevin Yu, Christoph Berg, Leshik, Gronowski, Leshik, Leshik, why do I feel like I'm messing it up this week? Lou Giordano, Matthew Goodwin, Matthew Kind, Meepal the Cat, Mike Bucklaw, Mike Manascu, Mike Pasco, Mike Pasternak, Nate Hanafi, Neil Grover, Nikki Palm, Nicholas DiNicola, Other Slash, Pavel, uh, Pascal Perrier, Paul J. Smith, Pavel Kondratiev. That's not right. Phoenix Edition, PJ Sparrow, World of Tanks Gamer, Randy Tesser, Rocco Thompson, Stigbobach, Swingart, uh, Seamus. I can't say your first name sometimes, Seamus. I'm sorry. It's Tugda? Tugda? I, it just sounds I I can't do it. It's it's on me. It's it's a it's a me problem. It's not you. It's me. <laughs> the Choppy K, Tommy Sinclair, Tommy Dashi, Tommy O'Neill, Tony Gregory, two first names. Turf Manhattan, Vinny Bracco, Vinny Hay, Wayne E, Will Spectre, and Winston the Golden Retriever. Bark, 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 bark. Fun show this week. Uh, for the first time ever in this September, I will be taking two weeks off this podcast. Don't worry, I'll still be around. You'll still hear my dumbass, as I will be recording in advance, and Greg will be recording um, those podcasts on his own. Uh, the rest of them, if anything happens. In September, I will be leaving the country for two weeks to take a long, 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 long-weighted vacation slash honeymoon. So, uh... It's going to be really weird not doing the... I've done the podcast every single Monday for eight years now almost. And just eight years in November. It's very strange, the idea of taking two Mondays off. I'm almost unsettled with it. I know that sounds stupid and probably crazy, but it is like, how, is it going to be okay? It's like kind of like letting your kid go to kindergarten. For the, not that I have children. But like letting your kid go, that's what I imagine it to be. 
go to kindergarten for the first time. And it's just like, okay, you guys going to be okay? You going to be okay without me? Uh, and I, I just, it's a little weird. So, not a lot of Ranger news this week, so that's why I usually do a preamble here, stuff I've been thinking about. But look, I think you and, all, you and I all know it, and I can say it when Greg's not here. We just hope Vlad takes the minimum. <laughs> we just want Vlad to take the minimum. Some rumors. I don't think he's coming. I think he should get a big, big fat paycheck and get traded during the season. That's what I think he should do. But could Drury find a way? Who knows? Anyway, we'll talk to you guys next week or later this week on BSBOT. Love you guys. Bye.